I always pride myself on knowing a lot of songs. But my brother has surprised me this morning. <laughs> and I realized there's a lot of songs I still don't know. We sang some of those this morning. So uh, turn your Bibles to John chapter 15. We'll spend a little bit of time there eventually. Last Sunday, uh, the bishop and I stood before you and shared some pictures and some thoughts about uh, what went on in Togo and Ghana on our trip there a couple of weeks ago. Um, we really only scratched the surface, and so I've set aside this Wednesday uh, for us to, to share some more of those Ideas, some thoughts, some pictures, some videos. Scott has got some uh, some great pictures and videos, some some really neat experiences. Uh, I'll put together maybe a few things as well. And we're going to have a just a Q a Q and A time for you to ask questions uh, about our trip. I'll be able to share some more about uh, that ministry as a whole. Uh, I believe with all of my heart that uh, it really will. Um, dovetail in all that we're trying to do here as a congregation, as a people, uh, to reach unreached people groups, uh, to bring the gospel to those who in many ways have never heard it. Uh, some of those have heard it, they're confused, but uh, we reached people that truly had never heard the simple and the complete gospel of Jesus Christ. So uh, this Wednesday, I think what we'll do is we'll meet in the commons and uh, it'll be a little bit more intimate setting. We'll put all of our stuff up there on the, uh, on the television. Maybe we'll sing a few songs to begin, and then we'll spend the rest of our time uh, talking about our, uh, our trip. So if you have questions, we'll be able to talk about that and answer those at that time. Uh, when we got back from our trip, uh, it seemed like everything was kind of turning brown, and it was dry, and I thought, have, have they had any rain since we've been gone? And uh, I don't think you got hardly any rain at all. Since we have been back, I don't know if we've had two days where it hasn't rained. I mean, we blessed the rains down in Africa, <laughs> and we brought all that back home with us. So um, I know uh, that's good for the crops, but you also need some sunshine and some heat. Am I right? You can't just have all rain. So maybe the Lord... Uh, uh, is going to bless us with, with some of that here in the next few days. Uh, looking forward to sharing more of our time with you uh, on Wednesday. If you're not in the habit of coming on Wednesday, please come on Wednesday so you can see some more of our pictures and hear some more of the story. This morning, our title is, I Have a Friend. I have a friend, and his name is Jesus. We, we had the reading this morning. I want to share again. From Proverbs chapter 17, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born from adversity, uh, is born for adversity. When, when we got back from, from Africa a couple of weeks ago, I don't know why, but it just dawned on me that I had just passed a big anniversary graduating from high school. Uh, it was an even number, an even decade. Um, 
50 is, is way too many years. 30 is not quite enough, so you can do the math. I graduated high school 40 years ago. 40 years ago. It just blows my mind. What blows my mind is I was only five years old when I graduated from high school. I was smart, you know, and I was... Anyway, uh, 40 years had gone by, uh, and I don't know why it hit me when we got back home. Uh, 2023, it was 40 years ago, I graduated from Madison High School, and I got to, I got to thinking about some thoughts about some things, and uh, I was reminded of a time when I was in high school. On Friday nights, we would always go to the football game in, in the fall of the year, uh, and most of the time, um, we would go out somewhere after a football game. We would, we'd meet up at a place. There was a place that we used to like to go. It was called Waldo Peppers. Does anybody ever remember a Waldo Pepper? It was a pizza place. Do you remember Waldo Peppers? I don't even know if they exist anymore. But we would go to Waldo Peppers, and we would stand outside, and we'd say, how much money you got? I got two bucks. Well, I got three. I've got a five. And we'd pull our money, and we'd buy a pizza and a pitcher of Coke. Pitcher of Coke. We were too young. And we would all eat pizza. And we did this most Friday nights. But we would always come together as friends and, and pull our resources and, and buy pizza and Coke and enjoy a Friday night. Well, we did this on one Friday night. We went to Waldo Peppers, and uh, we were eating pizza, and we all had a good time. We, uh, we left to go home. This is back before the days of cell phones and social media. You understand that. Well, on Monday morning when we got back to school, a friend of mine, uh, I will call him Terry, because that's his name, um, a friend of mine named Terry had a, had a black eye. I mean, it was a, a, a really good shiner. And we were like, dude, what happened? What happened to you? Well, he said, he said I forgot my, my wallet. My wallet fell out of my pants, and I went back in. Everybody else, all you guys had gone home. And he said, when I came back out, a group of guys jumped me, and they beat me up. Well, Terry, uh, he was a short guy in stature, maybe... I don't know, five six, five seven, but he was really built. He was a wrestler. He wrestled one forty five. So this he was he was solid. But when you got three or four guys, you know it's it's not a fair fight. Well, he told us that, and there was another friend of mine whose name we'll call him Joel because that's his name. Joel was about 6'2", 190. He played tight end on the, on the football team, and he also wrestled at about 188. Uh, just a rock, solid guy. Well, he and Terry, we were all friends, but, but Joel and Terry were, were, were really good friends. They used to lift weights all the time, and they were on the wrestling team together. Wrestlers are a different breed. I don't know if you know that, but guys that wrestle, are, are, they're wired up differently. So Joel and Terry were, were, were closer than maybe the rest of us. Well, Joel says, we're going back. We're going back this Friday. And we're going we're gonna to find those guys. And if, and if they're there, they were, they were from Stratford High School. They were a, kind of a rival of ours across town. And um, he said, if they're there, we're, we're going to confront them. We're going to have it out with them. 
A friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. We all, we were all pumped up. We were all excited. Monday, Tuesday, and there was a song when I was in high school, some of you may remember it, and it, and it, and it went something like this. Somebody's gonna hurt someone before the night is through. You remember that song? It's got nothing to do with fighting, okay? It's all about romantic relationship, you know. Somebody's gonna break somebody's heart. There's gonna be a heartache tonight. That's what the song's about. But when we heard it, boom, 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 boom. When we started swelling up, somebody's gonna hurt somebody. Somebody's gonna come undone before the night is through. That's what we heard. Well, Monday, Tuesday, when long about Thursday, I started thinking about this. I, I'm not a fighter. I've told you that before. I'm allergic to pain. If I get hit, I swell up. You know, I'm allergic. But I was there. Man. I was. I was. I was excited. We were all gonna rumble. It was kind of like West Side Story, except none of us had ever seen it. We didn't know anything about it, but we were going to Waldo Peppers, and there was going to be a rumble. Well, let me tell you, we get there, and I'm nervous as a cat, man. I'm just nervous as a cat. I, I didn't want to be there. I don't, I don't like fighting. I've never liked fighting. Even when I was a little kid, if, if kids would get into it on the playground, I'd always get nervous. I wanted to break them up. I don't want to see people fighting, you know, but there I was. Terry had gotten beat up, and we were going to be there to, to, to right the wrong. Well, sure enough, these guys pull in the parking lot, and Terry says, that's them. You can feel the blood, man. You can feel the blood rushing. Clenched fist, puffed out chest. I was like, guys, I'm right behind you. Y'all, I want you to know I got your back. I'm right here. Y'all go get them. You know, that's, the way, that's the way I felt. And that's kind of the way it was. Sure enough, we walk up there and Joel, Joel, that's his name. He's there and he's big and he is swolled up and he is angry. And he calls this guy out. You know, is this what happened? Are you the guys? And the guy says, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Joel punched him dead in the face, knocked him down. His nose starts bleeding. Everybody starts running. It's over with. And I'm like, and if you want some more, you know, <laughs> as they were driving away, you know, I, I got real tough. Got real tough. It was never, I was never so happy that I had a friend named Joel that, that just took care of business. I mean, Joel, he, he was always like this. Well, I can still remember when we were 10 years old, we were at a, um, a Cub Scout slash Boy Scout camp out. And we had a fire going, you know, that we had had a little thing around. And the fire was still going, and people were kind of filtering out to their, to their uh, tents and, and getting ready to go to sleep. And there were several of us standing around, and Joel says, y'all want to see me jump in the fire? And we were like, yeah, that'd be cool. So Joel, he, he, he runs back, he jumps into the fire and then jumps out of it. And we're all sitting there going, wow, that was so cool. Do it again, you know. 
And he was always like it. He never got hurt. He was just tough as nails. And I was thinking, where are all the parents when we, when we were doing these things, you know? Jumping into fires? Aren't there supposed to be parents around? I don't believe in helicopter parenting, but I mean, somebody ought to know when you're jumping in a fire, right? That's the kind of kid Joel was. I was so happy that I knew a guy named Joel, and he was tough. He just took, took care of business. You know where I'm going, right? A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We have a friend, and his name is Jesus. If you take nothing else away from, from our time here this morning, I want to remind you that you have a friend. And no matter how big the problem is, he can take care of it. He has taken care of it. We have a bully. Uh, we call him the devil. We call him Satan. Uh, let me share a passage with you from Hebrews chapter 2 first. This just came to my mind. Hebrews chapter 2. Listen to this. This is the word of the Lord. Hebrews 2 verse 14. Since the children, that's us, we have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Guys, we face a bully. We call him the devil. We call him Satan. All of our lives, we have had a fear of death. We've had a fear. We have been enslaved to this. And even though, as children of God, we know that for us to live as Christ and to die is gain, we know that. We know that. But we're clothed in flesh. We're clothed in flesh. We're, we, we have feet of clay. And even though when we, we die, we know that there's something better that awaits us, we are afraid because we've never experienced that. We don't really know what's going to happen. We wonder about what's on the other side. And so even those of us who profess a faith in Jesus, we find ourselves at times afraid. Afraid. But Jesus has freed us from that. We have one who not only faced death, not, who not only died, but he conquered that. Let's look at John chapter 15 just briefly. John chapter 15. Jesus is, is, is talking to his disciples. He shared this, this moment in the upper room with them. He's preparing them. He's washed their feet. He's telling them that he's going to have to die. John chapter 15, he says in verse 5, I'm the vine, you are the branches. You've got to stay connected to me. You've got to be plugged into me. That's where, that's where life happens. That's where the life that flows from the Father through me flows through you. You must stay connected to me. Apart from me, you can't do anything. Look at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Maybe your version says abide. Abide in my love. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed 
my Father's commands and remain in his love. Jesus, the Son of God, the Word of God, the Word that became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Hebrew writer says, although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things that he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Jesus, as the Son of God in the flesh, he also had to learn some things. It blows my mind when I read that. He's, the, he's, he's God. He's God in the flesh. But when he, when he left heaven and he became a man, it says that he obeyed his father. He obeyed his father's commands. And he remained in his love. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Now look at verse 13. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Greater love has no one than this. This is not just some platitude that Jesus throws out you know, some, some really cool thing, some, you know, axiom or some adage that, that we would live by or that we would think about in other people. He is literally hours away from doing this very thing. Literally. You know, we use that word sometimes. We, we throw that word. You know, I am literally beside myself. Really? Literally? Jesus is literally hours away from dying on the cross, forgiving his life for his friends. This is not just something he's talking about. This is something he's fixing to do and that he did. There is no greater love than one that, that would be willing to lay down his life for his friends. And that's what he calls them. Look, look as we continue our reading. You are my friends, verse 14, if you do what I command. How do we know? How do we know if we're being friends to Jesus? I have a friend. His name is Jesus. And we sing, I'll be a friend to Jesus until all my years shall come to an end. We sing that. How do we know if we're being a friend to Jesus? He says, you're my friends if you do what I command. It's pretty simple, isn't it? It's pretty simple. We talked about that in our Bible class this morning, about obedience. When we obey God, it, it says something about our relationship to him and, and, and what we think about him, how we respond to him. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. A servant just does what his master says. He doesn't have to know why. He doesn't have to know the ins and outs, the what fors. The master says it, the servant does it. But Jesus says, I don't call you servants anymore. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. Jesus says, I learned this. There's that learning again. As a son, I learned this from my father. 
and I'm sharing it with you. Why? Because you're now, you're my friends. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. You know, in the early, in, in the, in the early centuries there, when, when a rabbi was, was teaching, men would listen to different rabbis, and they would see which rabbi they wanted to attach themselves to because they liked what it was that they were teaching or what they were hearing. So I would listen, and I would go around to maybe multiple rabbis, and I would say, this is the one that I want to choose. This is the one I choose to follow after. And then from that point on, I would try to be like that rabbi. I would want to do what he does. I'd want to act the way he acts, treat people the way he treats, and espouse his teaching to others. Jesus said, that's not the way this happened. You didn't choose me. You didn't listen to my words and say, hey, I like what he's throwing down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow this guy. He says, that's not the way it happened. He says, I chose you. I chose you to follow me and to do what? He says, to bear fruit, fruit that will last. That's what the disciples of Jesus are all about. That's what we are to be all about is to bear much fruit. How do we do that? The only way we can do that is to be connected to him. We've got to be connected to the, to the vine. He is the vine. We're the branches. You cut us off of the vine, what happens? Wither and die. The only way that we ourselves will have life is to be connected, and the only way that we can bear fruit, bear much fruit, is to be connected to the vine. And he says, that's what you're going to do. That's why I chose you, so that you will bear much fruit. You will bear fruit that will last. There's a lot of things we can do in this life, a lot of things we can build. We can build a career. We can build a house. We can build a big family. We can uh, have a big network of friends. None of that will last for eternity, only relationships that are built on Christ. That's the foundation that will last. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. You see, it's almost backwards. It's like, it's like we, we feel like that we should spend a lot of time in prayer so that God would then give us what we ask. We spend much time in prayer, and then God hears us and, and gives us what we ask. Jesus says, we go and bear much fruit, and then the Father will give you what you ask. That's kind of interesting. I want you to chew on that one for a while. You go and bear much fruit, then, then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Hmm. This is my command. Love each other. Love each other. You know those guys that uh, I went to high school with, at the time, there in the parking lot of Waldo Peppers, I, I felt like I would, I would have done anything for those guys, literally. I mean, that's why I was there. I, I, I won't lie to you. I was scared. I was nervous. I don't like getting punched in the face. But I was willing to be there for my friend because of what happened to him. And then whatever happened to me, that, you know, that's just part of the gig. 
but I was willing because, because they were my friends, because Terry was my friend. That's his name. But when I went back to my 20th year reunion, which was 20 years ago now, those guys that I went to high school with that I would have laid down my life for, I didn't even hardly know them anymore. I didn't even know them. I mean, I recognized them. We all looked a little different. Some a little heavier, some a little lighter on the hair, <laughs> less of it. But it's like I remembered all those kind of good times, but I didn't really know them anymore because we, just, we went our separate ways. I, if you don't go to college with somebody and you don't stay in the same area and see them on a regular basis, you just tend to grow apart from each other. And now another 20 years later, uh, a couple of times in the last 20 years, I've gotten together and played golf with, with some of those same guys. And when I see them, it's so much fun, and we just kind of reminisce about, you know, those old days, the Waldo Pepper events and those kind of things. But when I come back home, I realize I don't really know them. I'm not really that close to them. I'm closer to those of you who have a faith in Jesus that draws us together than I am guys that I thought 40 years ago I would have laid my life down for them. Because that's the tie that binds us, the blood of Jesus. We have a friend, and his name is Jesus. And no matter what happens, no matter what Satan throws at us, Jesus has already defeated it. He's already got it. He's already taken care of the problem. You and I need to start living in the knowledge that the battle is already won. That the battle is already won. There are some of us this morning that are struggling. Struggling with health. Our brother Mike is hopefully watching this morning. Mike Allen, we're praying for him. Robert Hall is, is worried about uh, chemo and radiation. He's going to have to take both of those tomorrow. Um, we're worried because of these things. They, they, they frighten us. Even though we know there's a, there's a better home waiting us, we know that to live is Christ and to die is gain, but we're, we're clothed in flesh and we're frightened. I want you to know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And you say, Rodney, I, I'm not righteous. I, you know, that, that's for the righteous. But listen, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. If you are in Christ, listen to me. If you are in Christ, you are righteous. Not because of anything you've done, but because God declares that you are righteous. He gives you the righteousness that belongs to Jesus. Not because you deserve it. Not because you're good, but because he is good. Because there was one who was willing to die in our stead that a soul so unworthy might live. You are righteous. That's the only way you can have a relationship with the holy God is to be without sin. You say, that doesn't describe me. It does describe you if you're in Christ. 
You say, but I still sin. But there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We've got to start living in the knowledge of that. We've got to start acknowledging, not just here, but, but, but understanding it in our heart, that we have been made righteous because of what Jesus has done for us. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Some of you are very frightened about what's coming up. Some of us are struggling with, uh, with grown children that are not making decisions that we feel are, are good. We're worried about our grandchildren because of our grown children who aren't making decisions that we don't feel are good. And so we worry about our grandchildren. We worry about the world that they're growing up in. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Read that with me. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Some of you are experiencing financial difficulties. You know, there's more month than there is money. We're, things are skyrocketing. Inflation, housing prices, rent. I mean, it, it blows my mind when I think about, you know, where things are now and where they used to be. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. If you don't remember one thing from this morning, remember this, that you have a friend. His name is Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The name of Jesus, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it, and they are safe. Read it with me again. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Do you need to run to Jesus this morning? He's already fought your battles. He's punched the bully in the face, and he had to flee. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He is no match for our friend. He is no match for Jesus.